0: deciding who wins the game on this call. The call on the field stands. Touchdown. After review, it has been determined that the receiver did not maintain That's the worst call in the history of all sports.
1: Welcome to another bad call where the refs aren't the only ones who get it wrong. I'm your host, Justin West, and my sidekick here is a man who's never seen a ref make a call that he's agreed with, JD.
0: What's going on, big bro? How are you doing today?
1: Oh, I'm doing pretty good. We got another week of football under our belts and another one started up here with uh, this exhilarating matchup between the Browns and the Jets.
0: Hey, it's the most entertaining it's been in years.
1: Yeah, at least uh, least we got a little Baker Mayfield action here to uh, make it interesting, but... uh, that that chuckle that you heard there in the background is uh, our guest this week. Who might I give a little introduction? He is coming to us from the left coast. He is one of my oldest friends, and I don't mean that just because he is about the oldest. I am older. He, he He's a man who holds the Washington Street record for broken Nintendo 64 controllers possibly a world record he is uh, known on the interwebs as Nat Finn. Yes.
2: Yes. Hi guys. You know I'm about to I'm about to break laptop records here if I can't get this flash player to work.
1: Well, let me tell you he goes by Nat, but we know him as Nate, so that's probably what we'll end up referring him oh, to. <laughs> oh. I'll
2: just think my wife's calling me.
1: <laughs> How's it going out there?
2: Uh, I was going great till I got on the phone. Now, I, Now you guys are watching football, and I can't get Flash Player to work, and I'm kind of upset right now. I've never been this upset about not seeing the Cleveland Browns in my entire life. <laughs> don't you work Uh, in it (laughs) i don't work in it i actually am a digital marketer it are the people we like piss off the most we don't even make customers this mad
1: oh boy
2: (laughs) oh boy But yeah yep nope coming to you live from the tillamook bay oregon
1: well that's uh we're, we're happy that you were able to join us we always like to get a different perspective and it's it's always fun to catch up with uh some old friends. Uh, oh, I know. What, what, uh, you, you guys drinking anything good tonight? Matt, so.
0: You're the guest of honor. Go ahead.
1: I think so. Uh,
2: my wife stopped by and picked up some hopped apple cider from Square Mile Cider Company, uh, located out of Portland, Oregon. It's, uh, not bad. It's, um, it's a little lighter than I was expecting. Um, I think I was expecting something to look a little more bite but they got the apple part right so i'm drinking it
0: that sounds pretty good
2: I hey you come on out we'll have some for you
0: oh deal <laughs> all right well uh this week i am drinking rise of the angels by 18th street brewery uh-huh. it is a double uh-huh. india pale ale with grapefruit zest uh I actually tried this for the first time at the Popcorn Fest last weekend and was very pleased with it, so had to pick some up.
1: Yeah, that's a pretty good one. I've uh, I've enjoyed a few of those myself.
0: Hey, shocker. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what,
2: that's one of the things I miss about back home. I have not tried 18th Street for nothing yet. Oh, man. it's
0: uh... Well, you know, if you win a, a weekly bet here, you may get some of that.
2: Oh, well, at this point, my betting line would be zero. So if you guys finish in the negatives, I would win.
0: (laughs) Uh, Stranger things have happened. (laughs)
1: Uh, Yes, we'll get to that when I start talking about my results from last week. See, I'd be Uh, winning right now. I would be winning. (laughs) So uh, the beer that I'm drinking tonight is from St. Arendt. Which is out of Chicago. It's called Green Clouds. It's a double dry hopped uh, double IPA. Uh, it's got all that melony, juicy hops going on for it, and it's dang good. And it's not going to last long.
2: So, well, if we got to take a break, I can go to the garage and get a refill.
1: Um, you don't. You think that I sat down here without a backup? That's funny.
2: Well, with all our IT issues before this chat, I drank through the backup.
1: <laughs> so, well, well, it's good that uh, we're we're all getting a little uh, vocal lubrication here. So, <laughs> let's uh, we got uh... we did we did get one listener question this week from Corey, and he wants to know what what our thoughts are on uh, Josh Gordon this week. That was the big big uh, news of the week: Josh Gordon getting traded. From the Browns to the Patriots, no less, and the rich get richer.
0: Yeah, they just put the NFL on notice. Uh, I think the only way that's a scarier position is if he goes to Kansas City with Mahomes slinging it right now. (laughs) He has the potential, like I said last week, on one of the worst calls ever made on a DFS show. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, He's got the potential to be your number one. You know what? I told everybody not to play James Conner week one, so I I don't know what to tell you.
0: <laughs> yeah, but not only did my guy sit out, he got traded. So that least, is a bad call of effort proportions.
2: Yeah, but at least he didn't retire at halftime. So, I mean, progress.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Vontae Davis. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
1: oh, man. Yeah, I think that uh, Josh Gordon, while I would not, count on him for anything this week. Uh, he's definitely somebody to keep an eye on. I think he's got to get I I my guess is he he gets in on maybe about eight plays and they may install, you know, a couple of specific routes for him, but I don't think he's going to have the uh, full complement uh, based on, you know, just the knowledge of the playbook and Brady's pretty particular about having his receivers where they're supposed to be. So uh, i give him a couple of weeks before before trying to rely on him. But it, from what I'm hearing, the terminology is similar from in the two offenses. So it, it's probably a pretty good bet that he's going to be a valuable commodity going forward this year.
2: But, yeah, no, it, it brings back memories of when, like, Randy Moss was rehabbed for that great season in New Orleans, in New England. So you kind of, as a football fan, hope that Josh Gordon gets that same
0: kind of revival just because the highlights himself will be incredible. Yeah. We were just having this conversation yesterday that Randy Moss, before he went to New England, spent what, two years in Oakland. And yeah, was the receiver that, you know, time forgot. And when he <laughs> went to New England, you know, the guy just blew up. Yep. It's highly possible that Josh Gordon hits that. Like Justin said, I don't think it happens this week, but depending on how many players you start in, let's say, a season long, uh, I do think he's got the potential to be a wide receiver three or four or a like a what-the-heck flex spot, but you can't count on him to be your one or two this week for sure. Oh, I- That's not saying you can't score those kind of points, but I wouldn't be counting on it.
2: Well, and I also want to qualify: it's Thursday night when we're recording this. So if he gets cut on Friday, it wasn't our fault. Because I, Josh Gordon also has a weird history too. So I mean, there's all this yeah. great,
0: there's this great promise of him, but I think he's got his head on straight though.
1: Well, here's hoping there. There's, I mean, I'm pretty sure that the Patriots wouldn't have made this move if they weren't pretty confident in the fact that uh, he's good to go from a mental health standpoint but yeah, I mean, let, they didn't really
0: give up much sure
1: but the thing is they do have a need at the receiver position and he's going to be a real nice compliment to julian edelman when he gets back from his suspension and it, like i said two weeks from now we could be talking about a whole whole different story i think the patriots are going to be ramping things up here they're it's you know there's not a whole lot of time left for Tom Brady in the NFL, so he's gonna try to make it count.
0: It, it does take a lot of pressure off a of Gronk, though. Yes, That's it
1: does part, for sure, for sure. So, so uh, to
0: answer your question, Corey, um, it's debatable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I say I say, um, Countlin is a, a wide receiver four or what the heck flex. Depending I, on how your league – if it's a PPR league, maybe.
2: Man, even if you got to draw the plays in the dirt in the red zone packages, I think he's going to be in for scoring situations.
1: It uh, could be, it could be. So a um, little bit about results last week. J.D., what uh, did you have any, any success in your uh, season-long and D.K. efforts? Uh,
0: season-long, I I split the week. I went two and two. The dynasty, one of my dynasty leagues, uh, we play two games each week. Uh, I went 2-0 this week. Uh, so I am sitting in first place and it's a little weird because I've never seen what it looks like from the top <laughs> of the mountain. <laughs> my other two leagues, I did lose and it was not close. So that was a little embarrassing. Uh, as far as my DFS goes, I played in 10 head-to-heads and I won six of them. So you're looking at a 60% win rate. And then in our uh, weekly tournament, uh, I ended up finishing in third and I missed the second place spot by exactly four points. Um, opening that back up to remember who I played. I ended up going with the uh, golf girly stack. Uh, had Tyreek Hill, Philip Lindsay, Juju, uh, Jarvis Landry. What really hurt me is I played the Texans D who really let me down. I figured against the Tennessee offensive line that was just beat up that Houston would have a field day. That did not happen because Clowney was out. Ian Thomas was hoping he'd get more targets being the starting tight end. That didn't happen. And Dante Pettis, uh, you know, even though San Francisco put up 30 points, he came in at four and a half points. So really disappointed with those three plays. Other than that, everybody was at 15 or higher. So, you know, I'm pretty happy with how they scored. It was just those three misses.
1: Yeah, so in a tournament, you can't afford that, really. You're not going to get to the top because somebody's going to have the right combination. But uh, me myself...
0: Yeah, I I was just going to say the the winning score in that was actually 159-14. So, like I said, those three little spots, uh, their lowest scoring was... They're tied in. They went with Njoku, uh, who brought in six points, and the Texans' D also. So we matched up on there. The real difference was at the receiver spot. They played Antonio Callaway over Pettis. The winner, consequently, was our guest from last week, uh, Brian Campbell. So uh, screw that guy. But, you know.
1: <laughs> well, touche, touche. So. <laughs> well. Uh me myself last week my season long I I won I rode Big Ben uh to the uh to the top uh, actually top score of the week in the league and uh now I'm I'm one and one when I lost the previous week by a point so I'm pretty happy with how my team sits I have got some good depth and and some guys that, that'll put up some numbers so uh as far as draft kings well things weren't so good for me this week i i felt pretty good about my process overall for my cash but that's i played quite a bit of cash this week and uh i just didn't have anybody that that went off and um i i wrote about it in the blog a little bit but uh the lineup construction, when I, I locked myself into Antonio Brown and Todd Gurley pretty early in my process and and didn't allow myself to waver or put too much thought beyond that, and and those guys were definitely in, in very good spots, but they were so expensive it made structuring the rest of the lineup pretty tough. I went with Case Keenum, Tevin Coleman, James Conner, Antonio Brown, Devin Fungus, Dante Pettis, Ricky Seals, Jones, Todd Gurley, and the Texans D. And I made a last-second change at tight end and, and defense, which actually probably it it cost me. It looks like it cost me about four points overall. I went. I I had uh, I did have Johnny Smith and the um, Titans D in there originally. And I, I changed that with like ten minutes before the game start and and it it cost me it probably cost me maybe um, a positive or break even uh, result on on the weekend cash uh, overall it, I was uh, I won sixteen out of forty six heads up and uh, and and then it's for a thirty four percent win rate my total roi for the week with my tournament and gpp lineups completely bombing out put me at a negative 72 percent for the week and put me put, put me put me under under level for the year but you'll have those weeks actually this was pretty much an outlier from from my results uh, overall for the last couple of years, I have not had a week where I've I've been this far off. Usually, I'm within eight percent either side, up or down. So,
0: which brings up two really good points. Uh, one, we're still early in the year and in gathering information, so we're still kind of uh, you know throwing darts a little bit. We're, we're more informed, obviously, than week one, but you know th- things are still playing out. And the other side of that is it's a good learning experience for maybe people that are a little bit newer to DFS uh, because I believe the week prior to that, you had, what, a 70% win rate?
1: I, yeah, I had a real high win rate week one.
0: Yeah, so from, from week to week, you can see, you know, he went full inverse, and you're going to have those. So uh, you can't get too discouraged or too uh, cocky We'll say based on one week, you really got to look at the long haul if you're going to do it.
1: Oh, absolutely, and and it also uh, speaks to bankroll management and not getting outside of your means on a week to week basis. You need to kind of kind of stick with it, um, and and that way one one bad week won't kill your entire season. So, uh, exactly. In in our in our tournament there, I ended up in sixth. I had kind of a uh, an alternative to my cash lineup in there where I played Keenum and Antonio Brown again, but I, I had pivoted to Melvin Gordon and Christian McCaffrey, who really I, I should have been considering those guys in cash a little bit more. I, I, they stuck out to me as, as good plays on a week and, and, uh, and, 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 this lineup, for a tournament, I put up 138 points, which wasn't good. Overall scoring was way down this week from week one. That's across the board for for everything. And this lineup would have got me into the cash in my double ups, and it would have put me over the fifty percent mark in my head to heads. So back to the drawing board. We've got a lot more information now, uh, but it's also it's getting tougher. The 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 pricing on DraftKings is is definitely getting tighter, which makes lineup construction tougher and makes it a little bit more pertinent to put some research in and and, and think about those decisions you're making. So with that being said, let's let's move on to some of our picks for the week. Uh, starting with quarterback, uh, we'll start it with J.D. here. Uh, who do you like and, and why?
0: Yeah, the QB that I'm looking at in a couple of different lineups here is actually Alex Smith with Green Bay coming to town. Uh, and the real reason behind it is at 5,800, I think you're getting good value. And realistically, they're going to be behind in that game, I would suspect. So... Uh, whether it be garbage time or them just trying to keep up, I expect him to be throwing the ball a lot. I'm hoping for that price and in that game script, I get some good return out of him.
1: Yeah, I can't say that I I've, I hate that play. It's uh, The Packers have a bottom third defense. It is in Washington. Rodgers kind of has a bum, bum knee, but for sure Washington's going to have to score more than – than what they did against uh the Colts last week so um it's 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 definitely somebody that would be in play for me uh from a cash standpoint I'm not sure tournament wise that's where I'd go uh just because I'm in a tournament or a GPP I'm looking to stack a game so much and there's some other games this week that are a little juicier
0: yeah, uh, you know, I'm not saying he's gonna Fitz Magic it and put up five touchdowns or anything, but again, this is my my value point. I think he's got a decent floor that he's playable in uh, both tournament and cash.
1: Yeah, that that floor is good. He's he's got he he gives you a little bit of a rushing threat too. So, um, Nate, anything uh, you want to add to that, or you want to talk about your guy here? No, I was just
2: learning. <laughs> no, I, no, I mean it's it's amazing because even from the years ago when we all used to play, it was never this detailed. So, it makes me want to just like get on DraftKings and lose a lot of money and be happy.
0: Yeah, so uh, we have a <laughs> weekly tournament. I don't know if you knew this. Uh, uh, dude, you're,
2: you're I, I've, <laughs> I've actually I've listened to three of the four podcasts so far.
1: All right, all right. Well, that, he's one third of our listenership. So. Uh, I, should, I, yeah. I was
2: the I was the guy but uh yeah no it, and it's kind of funny because you guys you know this detailed analysis and i just picked who i thought might have the best yards this week so it kind of feels like a big drop off from what you guys are talking about but
1: no that's uh, it's it's good it's good to get some uh, different perspective and yeah you know, we could on a week-to-week basis we, we can really analyze things but uh from a season long it's you can't necessarily get down in this granular of detail of matchups and, and stuff like that. But, uh, and for, to, to the casual fan, you, uh, definitely want to look at some players like, uh, like you, you put down here, tell us, uh, tell us why you like Tom Brady this week.
2: Yeah. But, but the Browns might win like they're in invict- <laughs> Looks like they're going into victory. No, they got three timeouts. Can't go victory formation. They're up twenty-one seven with a minute. 21-17. Yeah. 17. That's amazing. But that no, some I, damn good cider. It's some great cider. No, but it 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 was doubly like doubly like because like not to sound like the cliche, but like I kind of went through the process I went through when I'd play, and so I talked to like experts, like friends who are like you guys. But I couldn't talk to you guys before I did this because that'd have been redundant. So I, I, the guy who had helped me draft a lot of leagues that were successful, buddy Brian Connolly, we talked, and he actually said, believe it or not, Tom Brady this week. And it's because Detroit sucks and and Josh Gordon's come to town. There's a chance that, that Gordon is going to be in those situations where he's going to get, even if it's, hey, count to three and cut hard left, even if it's just simple schoolyard stuff that Brady's got thrown in his ear in the huddle. I think he's going to be in scoring situations, which is going to leave Gronk open, which is going to open up against a terrible Lions defense and give an incredible offense them many more options. I mean, the Vegas over-under had him at 51 points so far, so I'm guessing New England gets at least half of those.
1: Oh, yeah, the, the that's, that's for sure. Detroit defense is not good. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, so
2: it's... It, it, if, so it feels like a cliche to come on to a pot of fantasy football league contest and pick Tom Brady. But like this was the week to do it.
1: Yeah. So, so, um, that is the Sunday night game. Uh, so yep. like from a perspective of like JD and I, when we're playing these tournaments, we typically are playing the main slate, which is the, the day and afternoon. And, and for you on the West coast, probably the morning and lunchtime <laughs> games, I guess. Yep. Um, so it's, yeah, it's usually the 10 and the 115. So it's uh, – the the Patriots definitely look good this week as far as uh, fantasy picks. They've got an implied total of uh, 30.25 as they're favored by seven currently. So um, yeah. th- there's going to be some fantasy points to be had there. Uh, yeah, and I mean
0: talking about Brady is not the end of the world when we're talking about people that may play a Thursday through Monday – slate or a sunday monday slate so uh, i haven't even looked to see what uh what brady's going for this week in DraftKings.
1: kings mm-hmm. oh, yeah he, ma- he was, he really was i think he was the fourth highest quarterback i right. i 6900 yeah somewhere around there so uh,
0: that's that's not bad value assuming you know detroit stays as bad as they have been
2: yeah, I mean, so he's got to produce. Like he's got to produce, but I think this is week he actually produces like gangbusters.
1: Yeah, so uh, the the quarterback that that I'm looking at, and I think this probably more of a tournament play for me this week is Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, they're playing Kansas City. Kansas City has played two track meets. Uh, yep. their, their, their defense is terrible. They're, they're rated by Pro Football Focus as the bottom defense in the league. And not only that, the San Francisco defense is like the third from the bottom. So you got, you got a bunch of flag football going on out there. So you should see a lot of scoring. <laughs> the game is projected at a 55 and a half over under right now which I yeah, was, believe a 56. is I believe it's it's not, the highest of the week. So uh, Yeah, it was,
2: fit, it was 56 when I saw it. I'm looking at what I saw from two days ago, and it's the highest of the week so far.
0: It, for those of you that decide to play Garoppolo this week, don't be surprised if he doesn't get the majority of his points until the second half. <laughs> I, I highly suspect this game to get out of control really fast in favor of Kansas City. Yeah. and then get a lot of garbage time from Garoppolo. I don't expect this game to be close, but I do think you get your money's worth out of Garoppolo, but not until the second half. So, well, I,
2: I'll tell you what, the 49ers weren't the Bay Area team that people were expecting to have any kind of hope behind, but I, Kansas City could blow it open, but ugh. It, but either way, it's gonna be, I think I agree with their, the, all the assessments that it's going to be a shootout. Well, I, well, I mean, got- San
0: Francisco just had a hard time holding off Detroit, so
2: <laughs> yep.
0: I, I just throw that out there, and they're going into Kansas City, and it's Mahomes' first game in that stadium. That uh, place is going to be loud, and he, I expect I, him to slow down, but I don't think it's this week.
2: Ah, uh, every time you say Mahomes, my heart just sinks a little deeper. Yeah, well, I'm not going to get
0: into. The- <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want my tears all over my microphone.
2: Oh, I was sitting at a BW's in Valpo when that pick got
0: picked. We just all went, "What?" Oh. <laughs> and now you're in Oregon. That's how bad that pick was.
2: Yeah, that pick was so bad I had to leave.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> Well, uh moving on to I running don't... back here. It, um... it was so
2: bad I had to leave to an area that didn't have like NFL football.
1: <laughs> so
2: I got I got to hear about the Ducks.
1: Yeah. Uh. <laughs> oh. Hey, look, um, running back here, Nate. The guy you put down is actually probably a guy who I think is 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 pretty high EV to be the top scoring player of the week. He's not cheap, but Alvin Kamara, um, yeah, no. pretty good. What do you what do you think about him? Once again, it was
2: one of those I didn't look at the prices too much because I confession don't have a team this year, but uh. Like I said, I was just kind of going through the blogs, and it just reminded me of, like, the years where I'd have terrible teams and I'd be on the blogs and trying to be first on the waiver wire at, like, 12 a.m. on a Wednesday. But, yeah, that those Atlanta-New Orleans games, there always seemed to be shootouts. They always seemed to beat every spread and every score predicted. And so going after Kamara against Atlanta just kind of made a whole lot of sense. It's like you want to get you want every bullet in that gun in that game, so so even though he was priced kind of high, I thought the value was there for
0: it, yeah, so
2: uh oh uh-
0: oh the money for kamara to me is a no go well uh, i I wasn't playing a price at that point I, I understand that i you know yeah. but again you know from from what we're focusing on, do I think he's gonna have an okay game, yeah
2: mmm. N-
0: I can't say that I'll be playing him at that price. Last year, now granted he was split in time with Ingram. Yep. Against Atlanta, he had 34 yards rushing and then 10 receptions for 83 yards in two games.
2: And Ingram's out for two more weeks, right?
0: Correct. Yes. And yeah. Atlanta is missing their number one safety and one of their linebackers. And they do like to funnel... You know, they they kind of have a, a setup of let the other team pass to the running back and then tackle them.
1: And and that right there is why I think you you sh- you should be seriously considering Kamara in your cash lineups because his floor I think his floor this week is probably twenty two points and you're not going to get any other player with that kind of a floor. Oh, One believe
0: two. Land just sealed it. Sorry, had to do the game interruption. Oh, Cleveland
2: no. just sealed it with a pick. Dude, we just saw history.
1: <laughs> well, there's certainly a lot of children that have been born between now and the last time uh, Cleveland won, including uh, somebody from Jordan Matthews. But. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hey, didn't he tell you that uh, there was nothing to do in Buffalo and that's why he
2: had a kid? Yep. So. When was the last time they won a game? Was it 16
0: 635 days ago. Is that sound about right? It,
1: it, was, a long, it was a long, long time ago. And, and I think you're seeing uh, that the passing of the guard has happened there. And I, I think it'll be hard for Cleveland not – to start Baker Mayfield from here on out.
0: Uh, right. I totally agree. All
1: right. <laughs> yeah, okay, sorry get, for the interruption. To, Let's go to, back. To get back, <laughs> to, to get back on track, here's why I think you want to play Alvin Kamara. Last week, Atlanta gave up 31 DK points to Christian McCaffrey. He had 14 receptions. So while Alvin Kamara may not get uh, the rushing yards just because they They'll probably limit, you know, how many times they actually hand him the ball. Those short little screen passes, though, give you a whole extra point. And this guy is maybe behind Terry Kill, the most dangerous guy on the field with the ball in his hands. He 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 just makes a lot of people miss. I I'm gonna be surprised if he doesn't score two touchdowns this week. Uh, so that, that's why I think that Kamara is a good play, but, um, he's he's that McCaffrey
0: McCaffrey last week. Yeah. He had 15 targets. There's no way Kamara gets 15 targets this week. Uh,
2: I don't know about that. I mean, it's going to be a lot of plays. And it's probably going to go to another shootout. I'd be surprised if Kamara didn't get 15 targets. I, well, I mean, look, with
0: Carolina, what was their other option? They lost their number one tight end, and they don't have another receiver that's proven themselves on a regular basis. That's not the case in New Orleans. It, 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 All right. Well,
2: okay. Not necessarily targets, but just touches. I mean, I, he's going to get he's going to get his opportunities
1: in the back with the pass and the run. Like
0: he, he gets eight to ten rushes a game. I'm not super worried about that.
1: I uh, you know. <laughs> last week I was afraid of Kamara this week I'm not I think I think he he hits it out of the park now from a from a uh, tournament theory gpp theory I think he's going to be really high owned so it doesn't really probably pay or make too much sense to play him in those lineups cuz you're going to be right there along with with a big chunk of the herd and 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 to have a different kind of lineup construction where you can differentiate yourself and, and, and put together a higher total is, is, is better um, from that standpoint. But, uh, J.D., what who, who is it that you were liking at running back this week?
0: Yeah, I'm going to keep it in Washington because, as I mentioned with Alex Smith, I think they're going to be playing from behind and they're going to have to sling that ball around. And I think the person that gets the majority of those targets is going to be Chris Thompson. So the same reason you guys were talking about Alvin Kamara – A target share. That's why I'm going to Chris Thompson at thirty-two hundred dollars less. I think it's arguable that he may get the same number of targets as Kamara. So I'll I'll go that route into my tournament and GPP play. I,
1: I like Chris Thompson this week, and and he's he's definitely in play for me. I don't think he's gonna do what Kamara does, but because he does have competition in the backfield there, he's uh, Jordan Reed is going to be that safety outlet for Alex Smith in my opinion and uh, but you know chris Thompson last last year had a a few real what real big man. games, but that's at the me. same time he he's not all that durable so he you know there's always a injury risk there for him too.
0: But then again, that's a risky run with every player. There so, it is. I'll take it.
1: sure so. The guy I'm kind of looking at right now is Giovanni Bernard, with Joe Mixon going down uh, the the Bengals last year when they turned to Gio in the last part of the season. He ended up uh, he was a top ten back over like the last five games of the season. He gets a high usage. They don't. There's really not much. Uh, competition they did call up somebody from the practice squad this week one of the walton boys or something like that i don't know but the guy was terrible in the preseason i can't see them trusting him out there in pass protection or anything like that giovanni bernard for the price and what 5900 this week is going to get a lot of opportunity he can catch the ball Uh, i think it's a it's a good value
0: yeah, he's a fantastic value and like you said, that's a volume play. You know he's gonna get the volume, know he's gonna get the touches. Uh when he I think when he's gotten the ball over ten times, he has a rush average of like four point four yards a carry or something like that. I have to look at exactly that, but it's it's pretty solid and he has the ability to score whenever he touches the ball. He's just one of those guys. Uh despite his injury history. So I do like that play. I've actually got him scheduled as a flex spot in a couple lineups. So,
2: Can I ask a question? Sure. Always. All right, Um, right. I'll preface after the discussion, but what do you guys think on Jordan Howard week three, and not because I'm a Bears fan?
0: I don't like his usage, to be honest with you. And against as bad as Arizona is offensively, their defense really isn't that bad. I've not been super thrilled with the way the Bears have used Howard. But, again, that is as a Bears fan, and he is on one of my dynasty teams. So I'd kind of like a few more points out of him. But, I mean, he's, what, 15 rushes the first game and 14 the second. I I mean, he only had 14 rushes against Seattle, and we were up for most of that game. So it's kind of like, what are, we, what are we doing with him?
2: Well, I'll and, tell you what. Oh, go ahead. Go.
0: No, I'm just saying it from a a DFS standpoint. At the price, I don't think he's getting enough volume or uh, targets in the passing game to make it worth spending 6,500 on him as a season long. I think he is. uh, He's a RB two with RB one upside. I got you.
2: Well, I'll tell you what. And this this when I was doing research, it was a funny story. I started I started checking just because as a Bears fan, I wanted to know what. Because I'm kind of upset at some of the, uh, especially that game one, the, some of those third and shorts when you just you've got Jordan Howard and you can go bigger than, you know, the first two games they've been able to go bigger than and they just haven't enough. But as I was researching, and that's my opinion, but as I was researching, I came across an article that was talking about how Cohen and Howard were underutilized in the offense. How Cohen made a rookie mistake catching a punt inside the five, right? And I'm sitting there reading the article going, yep, that happened. But the Bears scored on a 97-yard drive to open the game after that. You know, all these things that made sense. And then I got to the bottom, and it was the 2017 Week 2 article against the Buccaneers. I think <laughs> everything, was, everything was same. was the same to the T. Now, it's a different team with a different – you know, it's a different coaching staff, different offense. But Howard went into that Week 3 against a pretty good Pittsburgh defense and lit him up for like 138 yards rushing. And I'm wondering if – especially with something need to get going and it's probably not going to be the passing game anytime soon that I wonder if they do kind of go old school and put the faith in the Howard and Cohen more in the second half than they, than they have the first two games. Because I mean, running traditionally a second half game for a lot of runners and given the way he was doing production down the stretch in, in green Bay, I'm wondering if he's going to have that kind of luck in Arizona. I was was just a, It's a thought, and if the value's there, if he's coming cheap, then it's a possibility.
0: Yeah, and that that to me is the problem. Uh, just from a drafting standpoint, Nate, just so you know, he's at oh. 6,500. Oh, so heart. he <laughs> had, I mean, this year he went 15.7 points in week one and 9.8 in week two. Uh, the return on that for me is not okay because Arizona's rush defense is better than Seattle's in my opinion, and the stats may not back that up. I, I can't say that I've looked at it. I,
1: I, I can tell you uh, the stats don't back that up. Arizona okay. Arizona's rated uh, by Pro Football Focus as number 31. Uh, if, if you're looking at the DraftKings ratings, they're number 32 from a Team defensive standpoint, their best player from a team defense. Yeah, though, well, but from, well a, that's, from a rush. that's that's who you're rushing against. There, there's Patrick Peterson's a great cornerback, and so you may not want to um, look at Allen Robinson this week. But from a contrarian standpoint, Jordan Howard is going to be low owned. <laughs> he he might be actually a pretty good tournament play. I, I don't know if I'm going to put him in in any of my main lineups, but uh, kind of. I'm just saying he's not he's not a terrible play he he could actually be in uh, for a decent week I think he might get decent usage against Arizona being on the road as far as far from home uh, for trubisky as he's been I think they might try to make it a little bit easier on him and establish that run we'll see we'll see it's not a terrible play I, he's not in play for me for cash. Lineups because his floor is so low, but I I think there could be a ceiling there for him. And and like I said, his he has been uh, or J- JD pointed out his point total so far hasn't been that good, so he may be going overlooked. He might be a decent tournament option.
0: And that's the just his offensive snaps. He's been on the field for like seventy percent of the offensive snaps on in both games. So uh, the. For how much he's on the field and what he's producing within that offense right now, I, I just don't trust going into week three. And I may be wrong, and as, as a Bears fan, I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. But well, I, it's it's risky for me.
2: Well, there, there's been a lot of gimmick play calling too. So I mean, so it's there's not a lot of there's not been a lot of which in some great, especially those scripted 15. It's been great, but there's been some down the re- where it's been like ooh. Ugh, I don't even yeah. know how I feel about
0: that. Yeah. Side note, so, they just need to script the whole game, and I think we'll be okay. Yeah, I like, but if anyway.
1: They like, yeah. If they do the first 60, we might be all right. Yeah. But, uh, all right, Justin, so, who you got this week? Well, it, I mean, like I said, I already talked about Bernard, but one last note that I wanted to make on running back. If uh, if for some reason J.J.I.E. gets ruled out, and with uh, Darren Sproles already looking highly doubtful, Corey Clement would probably be the best value of the week uh, because there's no other other guys there to, to touch the ball. Uh, I love that play. But,
0: I absolutely love that but,
1: play. But, you know, at this point, that, that right. that's something you're going to have to wait and see if, if he if he plays. He will be the cheat code. He, everybody will have him in their cash lineups and their tournament lineups because he's cheap enough that he allows you to get to a lot of these other higher-priced guys. So, uh, but Real quick
0: before we move on to receiver on Clement, my one concern with him is he's only had ten or more attempts in three games, so there's a durability question I have.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, he just really well, hasn't had the opportunity. Was it? Uh, yeah, is he yeah. often
2: is he oft injured, or is it just the opportunity
0: not been there? I don't know, last year, he's a, he's a change of pace back.
1: Yeah, last All right. last year, last year he had uh, not only a Ajayi but look, Eric Want there to to be in front of him and Darren Sproles. So th- this would be his first real opportunity as a feature back. And he looked pretty darn good. His, his, uh, that's cool. His splits are, are pretty good for what, when he has been used. So, um, nice. that, that's why he would be, uh, one of the go-to guys there, but let's, let's go ahead and move it on to wide receiver. And, uh, JD, you like, uh, this guy who catches, uh, Deshaun Watson's passes, huh?
0: Yeah, I am a uh, Will Fuller fan this week. I think based on the way things have been going, uh, I'm not sure the Giants have anybody that can keep up with Hopkins or Fuller. So I think this game might be one of those uh, games like Watson had last year when he was setting the world on fire. And Uh, this is the cheapest way to get a part of it
1: (laughs) yeah it's not it's not a uh i don't hate the call he's he's definitely the actually if you look at deshaun watson's numbers with will fuller in the game watson his his rating goes way up and and part of that is because fuller i think in what what do they play six games together or something like that? It's got like eight touchdowns. He, it's, it's an insane touchdown rate. So, uh, I, am probably off on those numbers, but it's close. So yeah, he had,
0: he had seven touchdowns last year and he didn't play. Mm.
1: He didn't play week one, uh, this year and he had a touchdown last week. So, yeah, he uh, played
0: 10 games last year and had seven touchdowns. So, and that's on 28 targets.
1: That's not that's not bad work if you can get it. That that's uh, Tyreek Hillish. <laughs> yeah, that's one yeah, out of four.
0: Yeah, I'm not gonna call him a poor man's Tyreek Hill, but yeah.
1: No, no, I don't, I don't hate that one. Uh, Nate, you you like Julio, huh?
0: Well, it's because
2: you don't not that he gets so many touchdowns with that offense, but he hasn't had one yet this year. So I figure that's an easy six right there. And it's that game again. It's that New Orleans Atlanta game that's just going to be a shootout that he's going to be prominent in. and once again, i didn't I didn't draft King's the value on it. I apologize. I will no. never do that. I'll never do that not again.
1: You, 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 we're, we're, <laughs> we're not concerned about that. We just want to see right. uh, which players you think might have some a good game yeah. and and well, i don't I don't disagree about Julio this week. I, you know you are never sure if he's going to get. A touchdown because he they just don't seem to put him in the positions to, to score the touchdown unless they're throwing it forty yards down the field. But uh, you
0: sound like a disgruntled Julio Jones owner. Oh,
1: oh wait, oh wait, I am a a disgruntled Julio Jones owner. But uh, I, I I've been a I've been a disgruntled Julio Jones the, the, owner. The, the thing it. of it is, is that uh, last week Carolina gave up some uh, pretty big numbers to Cincinnati, and. What did A.J. Green have three touchdowns in the first half? Uh, I'd I'd take a touchdown and a half from Julio and be happy with it uh, because I think he's going to rack up a whole lot more yardage. Uh, I think so, too.
0: Yeah, and from a volume standpoint, two seasons ago when they played New Orleans, he had 16 targets in those two games. Mm -hmm. And last year he had 11 targets in the two games. The bad news for that is two years ago, he only caught 50% of them, and last year he only caught 10 of those 22, so just <laughs> under that
1: 50%. Oh, yeah, I just completely mixed up games there. A.J. Green didn't play the New Orleans, so sorry uh, about that. We, sorry. You're,
0: yeah. you're right, he didn't, but, you know, no, we just he really cares.
2: But we <laughs> and do you've, have, got, you've got the option to edit it out, so, you know, whatever.
1: It, <laughs> it doesn't change the script of what I think about Julio... Um, This week, uh, Lattimore didn't do anything to stop Mike Evans last week or week one. And last week, he didn't have a whole lot uh, going against him. But Jarvis Landry, I think, had a whole heck of a lot of receptions. So, uh,
0: Yeah, and I mean, the plus side for Julio is that last week Atlanta decided to say, hey, if you want to double Julio, Matt Ryan can run it in, or we can throw to Austin Hooper, or we can throw to Calvin Ridley. We have all these options that we're willing to use instead of just tossing it to Julio. So it's going to be a pick your poison. I think Nate may be right on this one that this is the week that Julio gets his touchdown.
1: woo I'm excited. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> there it is. He won't be playing this week, folks.
1: So
2: are going to get up Friday morning. Well, and he's, going well, have he's going to sprain an ankle. Well, and, we, and we, we
1: should <laughs> note that Julio has not practiced yet this week.
2: I saw that. I know he's
1: missed. He's missed the first two days. We're hoping he gets in a limited session on Friday and and that he's good to go. It definitely could just be some veteran rest. But he said, I I heard, I saw a quote that he had his uh, calf tighten up on him a little bit uh, last week. But
0: uh, Hey, I'm just saying if he gets, if he gets traded, you guys know not to listen to any wide receiver pick that comes out of this show. That's
2: right. Well, I, I tell you what I read, like, eight different blogs wondering if Julio Jones is gonna be able to actually play on Sunday. And then I realized seven of them just copied off of one, but I'm not sure who copied off of who. But uh yeah I I think I think he I think he put him in like two leg casts and he's gonna play against New Orleans. Really, that's just too much of a rivalry game. He's gonna play half
0: dead if he has to. But maybe.
2: Hmm? But let's maybe. not have-
1: Let's not half kill him to
0: find out, though. All right, Justin.
1: Okay, so... Uh, uh,
0: yours is looking interesting. I want to hear what you have to say you, about this. You,
1: you you, want to hear what I say about Tyler Boyd? Well, first of yes, all, sir. he he's coming into this year. Uh, everybody was talking up that other uh, rookie receiver. John, John Ross. John Ross, you know, the speedster. Uh, but quietly, Tyler Boyd has moved into the number two pass catcher role in Cincinnati, of uh, 74 Andy Dalton dropbacks, Tyler Boyd has run 72 routes, and he's been primar- their primary slot receiver. He's got a favorable uh, 10% favorable matchup on pro football focus, and I think he makes for a real sneaky value. Last week he had like nine targets. He's, he's got the second most targets and the second most receptions. On Cincinnati so far this year, um, and and
2: that's who's, wh- si- who, who's Cincy playing this
0: weekend.
1: And that's where I got it mixed up. They're they're playing Carolina this week.
0: They're ah. playing at Carolina, correct? Sure. Yep. Yep. Ah. They're playing at Carolina. It, I actually really like this play too. Uh, that's two out of you that I really like. So it may be time for me to retire. But at the thirty seven hundred price. Like you said, he's been getting target after target. If he catches four balls, he's already matched what it is. If he catches four balls for 40 yards, he is now doubled. If he gets a touchdown, which is highly possible, you're right into that triple, no problems. You know, you're almost in that quadruple. He is a great GPP play. And he may even work in cash lineups. I, Just because that floor is there, I,
1: I think that he's going to be in some cash for me because if I want to play Alvin Kamara, having a guy that's thirty seven hundred is uh, it's a necessity to be able to make any kind of a decent lineup around the rest yeah. of the squad, and so probably two of them, probably. But uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's where tight end and defense comes in. So speaking of yeah. tight end, Nate. Uh, you you. Went, You're welcome. You Thank went, you. You went off the uh, well, well. That's not what I meant. But okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, that weird hashtag weird transition. I did uh,
2: your transition.
1: Oh brother. Um. Yeah. You 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 wrote up uh, Gronk here. So tell us what you like about him this week.
2: Well, I wanted to get my cliche picks in threes. But it's that it all comes down to Josh Gordon again, and if Josh Gordon makes set immediate impact, then Brady has got more, run, more lanes to go with, and I think Gronk gets that pressure release, and from that, I think Gronk has a has a chance to bust out or at least at least uh, produce more than you have to pay for him.
1: Well, Grant, yeah.
0: What's a, what's his price this week?
2: It's but it, my, I didn't even look. Well, he's always
1: yeah. he's probably seventy one hundred. I I didn't look because he's not on the main slate, but he's always at the the top of that window. And seventy
0: four. He is, is seventy four hundred. All the way oh. up
1: to seventy four. So, I mean, before long he'll oh. be he'll be eight k. He's he's was, always was, in play oh. for me from a tournament standpoint. From a cash um, construction, I can't think of how i would fit him into a lineup Uh, the the high price tight ends generally keep you away from the stud running backs and and so it's hard to hard to really justify that but i agree they've got a they got a juicy matchup against detroit and he definitely i think he's probably the best tight end of all time and and he's he's looking to ride out this season on on the high horse, maybe hitting some uh, some records up with Brady. So he didn't he didn't do a whole lot last week. So he's got to make up for that. He he's got a pretty highly incentive laden contract. So I'm gonna guess that that, yeah. that we're in for a Gronk smash.
0: Yeah, in- after four targets last week and being shut down by that Jags defense, that by the way is better than last year. He, I think he is due for a comeback game.
2: And that was kind of what I read up.
0: He is he is questionable with a ankle injury, but I'm pretty sure they'll just tape him up and throw him out there anyway.
2: Uh, it's just it's Gronkowski. It Wouldn't be Gronkowski if he wasn't hurt with something.
0: But yeah, I mean he's got a brace everywhere. So,
2: <laughs> I, it, it and the funny part is like like when I was going through the research and it was actually Connie was like, yeah, I go with Gronk, and I'm like, over Kels, really?
0: Yeah, all right. All right. Well, since you dropped him, uh, that is yeah. who I'm playing this week. So, speaking uh,
2: speaking good of pro
0: transitions, sir, yeah,
2: say, speaking of fluid transitions.
0: Why do we keep having guests on that do transitions better than us? What what is this? Anyway, yeah. So mine is Kels this week.
1: Kels or Kelsey or however Kelsey, you want to say it. You, uh, I don't
0: know. you know the other eighty-seven tight end that <laughs> likes to catch balls. Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, I think this game, or we all talked about, it's going to be fairly high scoring. There's going to be a lot of targets to go around. Uh, He's had 16 targets over the last two weeks. So uh, now, granted, the first week he only had one reception for six yards, but that was going against a Chargers defense that is pretty good. Last week, he blew up for seven receptions and 109 yards. Two touchdowns. So I will take somewhere in the middle. Uh, you give me four receptions for 60 yards and a touchdown. I'm pretty happy with that. You know that's a that's a 16 point day, and he's going off the board at uh, what 60, 67, six. Yep, 67. 67.
1: he's kind of he is kind of expensive in that in that tight end slot for me. Uh, you know I'm gonna have some. Some stacks in that game, and, and like I said with Garoppolo, Garoppolo is easier to pair with some of those Kansas City players there, since he's a little cheaper than Mahomes. Finally, this week, uh, that that definitely is going to be a high scoring affair. Uh, Travis Kelsey, I think you know, people like him, but but everybody right now is like super enamored with Tyreek Hill. Everybody wants to get a piece of Tyreek Hill, and why? Why wouldn't you, man? The guy is uh, is breaking all the uh, analytics uh, charts, but
0: <laughs> yeah, his his targets though are what scare me at this price.
1: It, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Every time he touches the ball, he's finding the back of the end zone. It's 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 insane. Um, which you yeah. know, yeah, they, they twelve say catches th- for three touchdowns. They they sell. Mm. They say uh, you know, oh, he's due for regression, or he's regression. He, regression to to what he's he's not you can only think about regression to that player's uh, mean rather than the whole league and and i think he, he's just i don't know this isn't the this isn't the tyree kill uh section of the the tight end talk but uh he he's been pretty pretty good and all that's all the reason i brought him up is because you you might be able to get kelsey at a lower ownership than than what you would because of Tyreek Hill.
0: Yeah, he's a a tournament stack player. He's not going to be my cash lineup because, as you mentioned, it's just hard to hit some of those uh, bigger running backs or receivers in a cash lineup with that high of a tight end.
1: And part of that is DraftKings this year is even the backup running backs are getting priced higher. And so if if value does break open, uh, you're not – it's not like you're getting a 3500 player the backup running backs are 5500 or you know 5000 and it's hard to it's hard to get the really high price guys in there um, with with I got
2: them. A, I got a question. Sure. Shoot. How does that uh DraftKings rookie question Now, how does that work? Is it is it uh is it because simply more people are picking up backup tight or going after these value plays that are increasing the value of the place, like so. If it's is it just like a volume, or is it more of a case of people are shifting their strategies away from primaries to secondaries?
1: It's it's more of a um, change to the DraftKings algorithm where they've they've decided to price up the guys that that could get a possibility of of touches, and and so it it it's, it seems to be a shift. On uh, DraftKings' part to try to make the game a little tougher, you, you know, give you decisions when they have the cheap guys out there, and somebody ends up sitting, and, and you can get a player for uh, thirty five hundred. It makes all your other decisions a lot easier, and it it actually probably more hurts the casual fan than than it does uh, the. The higher end, uh, high stakes players, but uh, it, we'll see. We'll see if they continue on this path. Uh, yeah. Cause
2: yeah. At that point, it sounds like it's it's Vegas line plus padded markup, like a profit markup.
1: Yeah, I mean that's what they go. They goes into it. They go into uh, opportunity, performance, and probably profit. what you know usage from. From the uh, you know percentage owned, so myself this week uh, I think I've talked about this guy before, but uh, Jack Doyle is the tight end that that I'm looking at for 3,500. It's it's kind of hard to find another player that gets that many targets in the offense. And while I know Eric Ebron has uh, found the end zone a couple of times for Indianapolis this far so far this year. Jack Doyle still is getting more targets. he's running more routes and uh, and it's just a matter of time before uh, him and uh, luck hook up for for an end zone. And, and really all you need from this guy is like four, four for 40 and a touchdown and, and he's made tournament value at 3500 but uh, he's, his ceiling is a lot higher than that.
2: Pandora, I, yeah. I
0: Go
2: I've got some DraftKings stuff to research. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 fascinating. I mean, I did graduate with a concentration Nikon, so it's fan- So I'm trying to pick up the ratios right now. And if there's a casual fan listening to this, I hope they're as fascinated by it as I am because it's like you came in. I came into the discussion thinking I knew fantasy football, and now I'm leaving going. Damn it, I didn't read my homework last night. <laughs>
0: Yeah, DFS is a whole different beast. So for those of you that maybe only do season-long, before you dip your toe into the water, uh, doing some research as to how this works, uh, it's a good idea. Two things for me on Jack Doyle. One, uh, he's questionable with a hip injury, and it's not even a lock that he's going to play this week. Two, if he does play, there's a chance that... Philadelphia gets this game out of hand quick, which means Doyle will likely be getting a lot of targets. Uh, I expect in Philadelphia, Carson Wentz's first game back, that that team is going to be amped up. And I don't think Wentz is going to light the world on fire, but I think that defense is going to come to play finally. So uh, I do think this game could be one where Indy's chasing a score, so he yep. could get lots of targets if he plays, and like you said, for the price, it's worth the risk. I mean, because even I mean, if he catches two balls for twenty-five yards, you've already, you know, gotten something back for your investment. So,
1: I mean, uh, well, I mean, let, let's let's put obviously if if he's inactive, you're not playing him, but but if he's active, he's he's good, good value. And Philadelphia, I'm not sure if they're gonna blow him out. Like you said, Carson, this is Carson Wentz's first. First ba- uh, game back after after tearing an ACL, he, we don't know exactly what he's gonna what what he's gonna do. Philadelphia just got lit up by Fitz Magic. I, I think a lot of people forget what Andrew Luck used to be, um, and he's he's really he's shown that he's got the arm back. Uh, obviously, their offensive line is terrible, which only means that he's got to throw the shorter passes and that's good for Jack Doyle. So I, I, I'm not saying in any means that I think Indy hangs with Philly close enough to win this game. But I, I think that their offense is geared in a way that, that Jack Doyle makes a lot of sense. I can't, I'm actually pretty surprised that he, his price is as low as it is. He, he seems to me more like a tight end that should be in that uh, forty-five to five thousand dollar range. Yeah,
0: he's he's coming off of a two catch twenty yard game, going into a quote-unquote hostile environment where they are the underdog. So I can kind of understand where they got him there. Uh, again, I'm not saying Carson Carson Wentz is going to light the world on fire. Uh, I'm just saying that that defense is probably going to be amped up. That place is going to be rocking.
2: Well that that the whole carts and Wentz coming back is is seemed to have lit a fire under a lot of folk. I mean, it's just the fact that Wentz is under helm and his predecessors just been terrible this year is giving people hope just in that. So I mean, it leaves the opportunity that everyone on that offensive side of the ball is gonna have more production.
1: Okay. Well um... or not. Or yeah, not, no, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, absolutely. Philly is an interesting case and the indie defense stinks too. So L- those are some guys that, that you're going to want to look at. Nelson, Nelson Aguilar again, looks good to me, but uh, let, let's, let's, uh, let's go ahead and move on. I I'm uh, I'm going to bring my chalkbuster buster here. And, and as if, if, uh, experience should tell, tell us, uh, anything you might, uh, <laughs> Want to consider playing the guy that I'm going to name as my chalkbuster because week one obviously James Conner went off last week. Quincy Enunwa for me he he ended up with seven catches for 92, so he he gave you 16 points. He he didn't light the world on fire, but he didn't break your lineup. But I'm gonna I'm gonna give another crack at it again because th- th- that's the point of this this kind of call is somebody who might be a popular play or something because of their opportunity who I think has a good chance of sinking, sinking your lineup. And this week I, I'm going to say Dalvin cook. And the reason I say that is because while yes, they are playing the bills and the bills are the worst team uh, since uh, last year's Cleveland Browns. Part of the reason I think, I think the Vikings are really going to blow them out. Dalvin cook's been kind of nursing an injury a little bit. I think you're going to see a lot of Latavius Murray in the game. And uh, and that's why I, I think you might want to avoid Dalvin Cook this week.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I'm avoiding him at all costs. Uh, be, because he is nursing that injury, and like you said, I suspect that Minnesota is going to get up in a big way and uh, pull him. So Likely third
1: or fourth quarter. So you heard it here, folks. Dalvin Cook will be in the winning Millie Maker lineup. So um, <clears throat> <laughs> uh, here's – you know this is the time of the show where we like to uh throw out some sort of uh, silly wager or something for Josh and I or our guest uh, any anybody got any thoughts of uh, a good good reason to buy each other beer? um
2: because it's beer
0: <laughs> here you go I, i'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna give you one right here. Are you ready Alvin Kamara yeah, will not hit three times his
1: salary Oof. that's that's quite the line there right uh three times the salary i don't even know what that means 28 and a half 28 and a half points you're gonna tell me that's the line you're gonna set on it for me huh i'll, 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 I'll cut
0: it to i'll cut it to 25 he's not getting over 25
1: oh i'm 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 taking the over on 25 for sure all
0: right
1: so that's,
2: that's, oh man, uh, it's my guy too. Uh,
1: I think it's you and me against Josh here on this one.
2: All right, if we win, he's got to. Someone's got to send me some gumball head because I didn't get to bring any back with me last week.
1: By the way, I was in town last week. Oh, right. hey, good, hey. To good to see you. Uh, so, uh, I, Wait I, to
0: end I, this podcast by making sure we don't post this podcast, you jerk. <laughs>
1: oh <laughs> man so uh on that note I think uh yeah well I can uh, walk across the the uh, railroad tracks there and pick up some gumball head for josh to
2: oh sure. that's right it's it's't
1: want to
0: see it it's
1: a, it's a pitch wedge shot from your house i forgot about so, that so so Josh can pay me back when when that <laughs> happens but uh, definitely uh All definitely right. a great uh, having you on the show this week, Nate. Um, thank you. We would, uh, like to, w- if, if anybody would like to get in touch with you on social media, why don't you uh, tell us where they can reach you?
2: Uh, at Natfin at everything like Facebook.com, Nat Fin at Nat Finn on Twitter, Nat Finn on LinkedIn, dot com the website, unless I said that once already, uh, unless it's Pinterest, then there's like a third end on the end
1: all right well just uh, for the extra interest oh
2: no i think it, i think a teenager in england beat
0: me to it oh,
1: oh,
0: mm. oh ruined oh, my dad joke oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh i oof, J- know. <laughs> jd where where can people find you
0: hey you can find me at jd west 22 on twitter and instagram uh, hit me up uh, another bad call at gmail.com Uh, Always looking for those listener questions. Give us something to discuss so it's not just us rambling about people we like.
1: And you can find me at Justin M. West on Twitter, JMW1977 on Instagram. You can find us at Another Bad Call on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, AnotherBadCall.com. We really love uh, the interaction that we're getting through Facebook. We appreciate... Your listens, uh, spread the word, share our posts, give us some reviews on iTunes so we can we can get out there and reach more people. Uh, we really appreciate any any uh, help you can give us uh, spreading the word.
0: Yeah, I totally agree, Justin. Uh, leave us those ratings, those reviews, anything you can do to help us grow this passion project of ours. We really appreciate it. And with all that said, I think we can all agree. As always, you've just heard another bad call.